Hi, I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the fourth trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth trimester care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Hello again, it's Esther. Sadly, I'm without Sarah again, but I thought it was time to revisit nutrition and nourishment, and specific to that, anemia. I've touched on this in previous podcasts, but I think it's always an important thing for women in general and mothers in particular to revisit. Um, You know, many women don't realize that they require about a 30% increase in their blood volume during pregnancy. And if that blood volume isn't well supported nutritionally, they will become anemic. They're sharing that blood supply with the growing newborn And that growing newborn is going to need to uh, set down a supply of iron in their own liver prior to birth that will last them six months. It's how we're made as human beings, probably mammals in general. And part of the reason is that milk is a rather low iron food. It's high in calcium and lots of protein and carbs and all that. But relative to our growth needs and our blood supply needs, it's low iron. And so babies get born with, hopefully, a good um, supply to draw from during their first six months before they start eating foods. This also protects them from botulism because botulism likes to uh, sort of set itself up on iron molecules. And so, um, you know, it's important that babies actually aren't taking in a lot of iron in their first six months until their bodies are physiologically prepared to cope with all the kinds of things that might come in there into their mouth. (laughs) So, um, so that iron rich, um, or I should like to say nutrient rich, uh, blood building foods during pregnancy and in the postpartum recovery phase are very, very important. And I want to reiterate what builds a nice, strong red blood cell. What builds a nice, red, strong red blood cell is not only a good source of, of iron in the diet, but B12. B12 is very critical to building a good red blood cell. So if you're not getting adequate B12 or your body is not absorbing, creating and absorbing B12 in appropriate amounts, then you will be anemic. 
Okay. Other things that go into a good red blood cell are um, the fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin E and A. So we need all of those. And of course, I know the vegetarians and vegans amongst you uh, are tired <laughs> of hearing this, uh, and I don't blame you, but what's, what's the food that has all of those factors in quantity? Red meat. So, um, you know, if you're anemic uh, and you can digest red meat, and there are those people who don't do so very easily, but um, if you're pregnant or postpartum, you probably should be looking for ways to get all of these nutrients and making sure that there's no impediment to absorbing them. So for some of us, we're actually going to maybe be need to be tested for what's called pernicious anemia, which is when our bodies aren't absorbing B12 properly, right? So we may need to be supplemented in with B12 intravenously, like get a shot, basically. So that's something. It's rare, uh, but it does exist in the world. And it's important to know whether or not that's a problem. If you constantly feel exhausted and depressed, uh, before you take Prozac, you might want to get yourself checked for anemia and get your B12 levels, your blood circulating B12 levels checked. Okay, so... Since I like to address this podcast, not only to pregnant and postpartum parents, but those of us who would like to be in support of those wonderful people in our lives, how can we look at this and be sensitive to this particular need for blood building nourishment? Um, let's start by kind of looking over the sorts of um, things that might uh, result from anemia. Okay, and and we'll we'll talk specifically to the postpartum period, but let's not neglect uh, how important it is to be addressing these things proactively in during the pregnancy, early mid-pregnancy, and late in pregnancy. As I always say to my prenatal clients, even though you got checked mid-pregnancy, and if you were uh, anemic at the time, probably put on an iron supplement, that iron supplement may have been very, very hard for you to digest. And perhaps you needed something, a different approach, a more holistic approach. And in any case, just because you're taking that supplement doesn't mean that at the end of your pregnancy, you will necessarily not be anemic. So it's not a bad idea at the beginning of your sort of the six-week stretch uh, before giving birth to check again and see how you're doing and whether or not you're um, building blood, the, but your blood supply, the way that will be really, really important to you for giving birth and for your postpartum period. And remember, just because you go into labor 
uh, not anemic doesn't mean you won't come out of labor anemic. If you have uh, a blood loss that's significant, you may be starting your postpartum period uh, anemic. And so we want to be mindful of blood building our whole lives. So I wanted to note um, for some of the signs that might uh, alert us to anemia. So prenatally, if you were vomiting excessively and therefore couldn't uh, keep down enough food to keep your blood supply uh, healthy, um, that's going to be a red flag. If you just have uh, poor nutrition, uh, that's a red flag. Um, if you had heavy periods before pregnancy, you may have become pregnant and started your pregnancy very anemic. That's a red flag. If you've been pregnant close together, um, if this is a second or third pregnancy close to the last pregnancy and didn't have a chance to build a good blood supply, you are likely anemic. If you're pregnant with multiples, you are very, very at risk for anemia. Your blood supply needs to be extra rich. And then uh, be becoming pregnant as a teenager is, is a red flag for anemia, which is interesting. I'm glad to know this 50 years, 40 years later, I was pregnant as a teenager and I was probably anemic. Um, I'm very, very sure I was actually. And then, of course, if you've had an injury or, or surgery close to being pregnant or during your pregnancy, you may have had a blood loss that would alert you to needing to build your blood. Postpartum causes of anemia are prenatal anemia that went untreated, um, a blood loss that's beyond normal at delivery or in the first moments, hours, days, or weeks postpartum. So uh, if you bled excessively at delivery or in the moments post-delivery or uh, find that you're having excessive or prolonged blood loss past the first two to six weeks, um, you might want to be checked. And as you know, I am always recommending that my clients before going in for their six-week uh, obstetrical checkup or seeing their midwife for their six-week checkup get blood work done. And this is one of the parameters we're looking at. You just don't want to have to drag yourself through motherhood uh, anemic. It's just too difficult. So um, we want to rule anemia out however we can. And of course, and, I, and I'm sad I have to mention this, but poor nutrition in the postpartum period will lead to anemia. It will. Uh, I see it all the time. And, uh, you know, it's so interesting how moms will be encouraged, encouraged, encouraged to eat really great during their pregnancy. And then when they're postpartum and they barely have the bandwidth to get food into themselves, let alone eat the food that somebody might bother to bring them and prepare for them, the food that's coming to them is really, really not nourishing food. 
They're expected to be living on baguettes and, um, you know, uh, chocolate <laughs> or I'm sat, uh, happily chocolate does have some iron in it, but it's not the way to stop being anemic. You know, you need really good sources of protein, fats, and vegetable, min- you know, the minerals that are in vegetables, root vegetables, particularly. So, um, those are all of sort of the red flags for anemia. And, um, you know, some of the ways that moms might be alerted to being anemic uh, in the postpartum uh, period would be shortness of breath. Okay, so after you've taken a full recovery in the first two to six weeks, um if you're having difficulty walking up those stairs or walking at all, and you find that your heart races, you, you know, you just feel short of breath, that's a red flag that you might be anemic. That's a serious red flag. For many of us, uh, we don't realize that the fact that we lie down and our hearts start racing um, and, and we feel anxious might be a signal that uh, we are not just anxious. Our bodies are anxious on our behalf and are telling us we need better nutrition. So, you know, mild sleep disorder might be a sign that you're anemic, uh, even though this isn't a typical pink flag that is sent out. Um, naturally just being exhausted all the time while we could point to our lack of sleep um if we're sleeping when the baby sleeps and we're still just feeling like we're dragging ourselves around and and um you know just have very limited physical resource uh we certainly need to be addressing this um so how do we get better nutrition uh, to address anemia. Of course, I said red meat. It would be nice if that red meat is accompanied by root vegetables, leafy greens in massive quantities, usually cooked if possible, and with a, a, a source of vitamin C, citric acid, or vinegar. So something that's rich in vitamin C is going to help us absorb the iron and B12 that we need from our foods um, if we're not eating red meat. And, and I will talk about sources of red meat that people might enjoy more than the ones that they're used to um, in a moment. But if we're not eating red meat, then uh, certainly we need to be eating mineral-rich foods in in quantity. So vegetables, particularly most root vegetables, um, leafy greens with vitamin C, and probably during pregnancy and the postpartum period, the breastfeeding uh, period, probably supplements. So if you're vegetarian, eat a lot of eggs. Eat those eggs. They're a great source of everything that I'm talking about that aren't red meat, right? If you don't eat eggs and or you're vegan, 
then you're really going to have to look around. Beans, whole grains, whole grains. These are okay sources. The thing they're completely lacking in is B12. The cool thing is that tempeh, which is a cultured bean and or grain product, uh, it's cultured with a mold, a healthy, nutritious mold. That is a source of B12. Whether or not it's an adequate source, I wouldn't be able to tell you. A lot of people like to include um, nutritional yeast and or brewer's yeast in their diet, but B12 is actually added to those products. So that's great. And some people love those things, find them very nutritious. They can be constipating. So you need to be aware. You don't just want to eat a bunch of brewer's yeast all at once. Um, You want to sprinkle it throughout your meals throughout the day. Sublingual B12 for those people who are um, really uh, lacking might be a way to supplement that will really, really help you quite a bit. And you should notice a difference in your mood and energy level if you're supplementing. If you're not noticing the difference, it may be that you need to be tested for pernicious anemia. And then finding supplements, iron supplements that aren't constipating. Okay, so there are liquid iron and B12 supplements on, on, at your natural food stores that are highly recommended for pregnant and postpartum women. Um, go check those out. Uh, see how you respond to them. Make sure you refrigerate them uh, and don't swig from the bottle <laughs> because they'll go bad. Um, there's also uh, an, an iron supplement that I found very, very helpful and very digestible, very non-constipating uh, when I was severely anemic. And that is uh, the supplement uh that's called iron beast glycinate. And I'm going to spell that. It's beast glycinate, B-I-S-G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E. This supplement is really well absorbed and not really hard on the gut. You have to take a lot of it. It's not, you know, like a power pill that's going to make you feel crappy, but probably will find a way to uh, get your anemia status better. Um, It's something that you're going to take all day long (laughs) uh, with your meals and snacks and just keep it running into your digestive tract and helping you absorb and building that blood. Now, It's just iron. It doesn't necessarily have the B12 and the other wonderful nutrients with it. So you might want to really be looking into this, again, this holistic approach to building your blood. Um, Those red meat options. Okay, here we go. Now, I think it's very important that we look for sources of meat if we can find them and afford them that are humanely and environmentally sustainably raised um, 
And the reason for that is selfish. I think that the quality of meat, uh, the levels of potential toxins in that meat is way better, way low. And I think that's important when we're pregnant and postpartum. So um, I personally am not a big fan of beef. Uh, I don't I don't love the taste of it. Uh, I can't eat much of it because it just kind of isn't pleasant for me. But sustainably raised beef is a thing now. And if beef is your go-to, go for it. And if you will eat liver, more power to you. That liver packs the best punch for blood building foods that exists, whatever animal you might get it from. I personally am a huge fan of organically raised, sustainably raised lamb's liver. Um, <laughs> they're smaller, <laughs> they're richer. Um, lambs eat a lot of good stuff, not just grass. And so uh, I like the idea that they're um, they're eating more of a holistic diet, if possible. Um, but um, any any um, animal that produces red meat. Now, if you just can't stomach red meat, but you'll eat poultry, then you should be eating those thighs. Forget that breast meat. It's kind of nice, but really those thighs are going to pack just such a better punch. Also, when you buy a whole chicken, make sure they've left the, the um, you know, the liver and heart. And if you're the pregnant person, if you're the postpartum person, somebody should prepare those really deliciously for you. And those are yours to, to eat. Um, yeah, so, um, very, very, very important. And of course, let's not forget the fatty fish. Um, if you can find healthy sources of that, environmentally appropriate sources for that, these two are going to be very, very important for blood building and brain building during your pregnancy. But let's not forget the good fruits, by the way. Figs. Now, I don't want pregnant moms and postpartum moms living on fruit, as you know. I think it should be a treat, but if we're giving a treat to somebody who we know needs to build blood, the treat should not be sugar. The treat should be healthy fruit. Dates, figs, uh, black mission figs are excellent. Um, Maybe make a compote with um, organic apricots, dried figs, um, uh, raisins, a little bit of cinnamon, and some lemon juice, and, and stew that up till it's nice and soft and easy to digest and hydrating, and give that to that new mom on, um, on a little bit of ice cream, maybe, here and there. Or just on her oatmeal in the morning. Okay? And so that's the way to get a little bit of sweetness into this mom's diet. 
And don't forget when we're eating those strong proteins that we need good stomach acid to properly digest them. So moms, do lightly salt your foods so that you can actually produce the hydrochloric acid that will break them down appropriately and help you absorb all the nutrients. Okay? All right. So I hope everyone's well. I hope those of you who see yourself as care providers understand why it's important to bring new parents nourishing blood building foods and that when you bring those foods over, you will uh, feel really good about how you are helping those new parents fortify themselves for the very, very intensive time they're spending being new parents for that new baby. All right. Well, there we go. Hopefully you'll take the time to visit our website, fourthtrimesterpodcast.com, our Facebook page, Fourth Trimester Podcast, and our Patreon page and consider supporting us uh, with your donation and uh, subscription. We love bringing you uh, our our knowledge and uh, wonderful guest interviews and um, sometimes fun and hilarity. And we love hearing from you at our website and on our Facebook page with comments. And we hope to be able to continue bringing you shows that we hope you find valuable. All right. We'll take care till next time. Love you all. This is Esther Gallagher. Bye-bye. You can subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband, Ben, daughter, Penelope, and baby girl, Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now. Hello again, bicycle man I know you're doing all that you can I wrote the song, simple and true I wrote the song, I'll sing a song for you You got your wheels, you got your gears You ride around town without any fear You got your pedals, you got your brakes You always wear your helmet for safety's sake
Song, I sing a song for you. 